<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Patrick John, we all love summer, and our kids especially love summer, but we lose that consistent schedule of when kids are in school, and that can create some summer child care problems. You know what? Thankfully, though, Dave, (gasps) there's a solution. What? Windy. That's W-Y-N-D-Y. Listen, it's an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These nannies are background-checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome, Dave. That's right, John. And Wendy has been around for seven years and has been used by over 20,000 families. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy near you, working full or part-time. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash dadville to start searching for a nanny. And as a special offer, they're going to knock off 50 bucks off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional nanny agencies Ooh. and no ongoing fees. Okay, so here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash dadville to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You can choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. That's right. Go to wyndy.com slash dadville. 
So we, we start these, Patrick, with what we call the brag sheet, just kind of letting people know. It's a little flex for you, and we get to read it and just let people know. Great. Um, so today- oh, I thought you were going to brag about – you're bragging about me. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to brag yeah. about yourself. <laughs> what a great way to start the fight. I know. Here yeah, I'll go first. Podcast. We are awesome. <laughs> Here's a list of our accolades. You just it's have just to sit there and listen. You're on our podcast. <laughs> let, let us tell you what we do. Yeah, <laughs> I've never thought about that. John always threatens that we're gonna read, we're gonna make the people read their own brag sheets. But I think that may be the oh, next step up is that so we just read our own brag sheets. I can't believe we haven't done that yet. I think that's it's the best idea I've ever had. I'm not gonna lie. I get the question occasionally when I'm at a coffee shop or somewhere. But it's what have you been in? Tell me your list of credits. And that's a rough. Yeah, God. <laughs> what a miserable. What okay, a wait, miserable start. Well, hold on. I got to. Okay. You ready? You ready for. Here we go. In 1992, I did. You just have like laminated. Yeah. Yeah. You have like laminated (laughs) IMDb. You know what? Actually, I'm just going to do a QR code. I'm going to go. Here you go. Scan that bad boy. It'll take you to my IMDb page. (laughs) And you just keep walking. They scan it and you just keep walking. That's cool. Oh, that's might, genius! A QR I might code. put it on my lower thigh. I don't know. Like here, scan that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just you should yeah. get it. You should get it tattooed. You just get it hey, tattooed save, on your forearm. Save a tree, Patrick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that way, if I'm wearing shorts, big reveal yeah. and pants, I can still get. That. Yeah. Well, too, you should do it as you run. So it's kind of like if they can pull it off while you're moving. While you're moving, you know, I was going to say, John, that, uh, that the equivalent for us, which. That we that the equivalent for us is when you're in the airport. And John, you don't have to deal with this being a piano guy, but like with me with a guitar. Hey man, uh, you play music? Yeah, yeah. Would I know who you are? And then I could be like, just scan this QR code and then we can. Would I know who you are? That we'll is not We could have a whole podcast on just that question. Would I know who you are? If you did, you would. I know you gotta catch a play, just pull out the play something. Let me hear how good you are. <laughs> play something. Uh okay, so here here's Patrick Renner. Here we're gonna dive right in here. Right. Uh, has appeared in over 50 movies and television shows. That's insane. That is a lot How of many? TV and movies. Good gracious. 50. 50. Wow. Did you know that? Which that that's probably an old stat. Yeah, uh, that's, that may be more since then. Um, I mean, I feel like what, it, it's probably not because once you get over 50 until you hit 75, there's what are you going to say? He's appeared in over 62 movies and TV shows. That doesn't sound cool. <laughs> that's an arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure it's current. He's sure pushing the mid-50s. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, the Sandlight, uh, Sandlot, which 14 at the time, which I, I'm assuming we're going to get to that. You moved there. Son-in-Law, X-Files, ER, CSI, Bad Roommates, or Roomies, sorry, that you were a producer on, which is cool. And The Glow, recently, which is amazing, uh, yeah. created one of the all-time great AT&T commercials with David Arquette. That's just our opinion, but we stand by it. Father of two boys, yeah. Flynn and Liam. Uh, started a family-friendly lifestyle b- a brand called Hambino. Uh, so, so we love asking this after we read this. Like, how do you feel hearing those accolades? Like, is that something where you're like, yes, like that's what we are going for? Love what's happening, or is it something that's like feels like a surprise? Like, how do you feel hearing those things? I wish I had more money. That's how it makes me. <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> uh, where's the money? Yeah, where's the money? <laughs> no, I mean, gosh, I don't know. I think. I feel like I'm going to answer this philosophically. I feel like the, you know, you've always heard those age old, you know, uh, tales or, or sayings that say it's, it's the journey that is the important part. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So results are cool, but the, 
the journey is more exciting. So it's nice mm. when you yeah, you take a look back and you go, oh yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I haven't done half bad, but boy, do I want to do a lot more, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So that, mm. that's kind of what it makes me think is like time to get going again and do something, do something big, do something, you know, that I could be proud of. And you think, uh, like you hear that and you think, I want to do more and more out of the love of the process of it. Yeah. I, you know, one thing I've been getting into a lot more is directing and hmm. I, um, I have a production company out here in LA, which is probably the only reason I'm in this city. Uh, so, you know, if I can bring that to Nashville, I'm coming guys. Come on, come on. Uh, bring okay. But I, you know, yeah, so I have this production company and um, I, I partnered with a, a marketing company. So they, I, I do a lot of um, shoots for their clients. And then we also do original content and things. And I've been producing commercials in the last, you know, few months, just getting ready to, cause I do want to, um, or excuse me, I've been directing commercials cause I do want to direct um short films and then features but you know i don't yeah. i don't want to jump right into a feature and, and blow it and ruin it because mm -hmm. it's it's a lot like you had mentioned <laughs> yeah. you mentioned bad roomies and i i produced and acted in that and you know that that was a lot of work and it and yeah. it was great but i don't the the thing the takeaway from that is i went i'm not gonna double up on different trades like that as much because acting and producing is you don't sleep it's next to impossible and now i have two kids so it truly is impossible but yeah um mm -hmm. so yeah anyway i i i'm trying my hand at directing and that's kind of what i want to do more of i mean i love acting and the the great thing about me and my career path is that i'm a character actor so i can do anything and you know mm. i don't I, I can do small roles or or medium-sized roles or big roles and then direct and kind of do it all which is is the plus of being a character actor as opposed to leading man having all the pressure on you you know i'm like a mm. character actor mm. with leading men looks so i kind of have the best of everything i was gonna say that's that you was right I mean? yeah. that was gonna there's be a podcast yep. you can't yep. me, but i've turned into quite the breath <laughs> hit in my old age <laughs> just, just trust me trust me listen how handsome my voice is guys <laughs> okay so so with your acting career one of the things that i wanted to ask and and part of me part of me is like all right let's ask this question and sort of get it out of the way but there's a, a genuine part of me that that really is fascinated by this and wants to know uh your thoughts on this because anytime someone has massive success at any age, but you had massive success at what, 14, right? Yep, I was 14. 14 years old. And you know, we've, we have a lot of our like musician friends out or on this podcast and you know, their version of it is when they've had like a, a massive song, especially when it was like their first song that they put out, you know? Yeah, and totally. a, a lot of times that can be kind of a tricky relationship going forward with that with the success of your first thing especially being 14 years old so i'm curious what what has your relationship with the success of the sandlot been throughout the years did bad roomies not top sandlot i thought it i thought it did no <laughs> it did okay no no just good good to know I, i'm gonna <laughs> scratch that can you rewind hey i'm not saying that 
<laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, no, that's a really good question. And I, I think that that kind of ties into what I was saying about being a character actor, because, you know, a lot of people say, how'd you get through being a child star and, and these sort of things. And the, the funny thing, well, number one, the, the thing about me and being a child star is I actually wasn't a child. I was mm. like, yeah, I was 14. I mean, one more year you're driving and you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're, you know, dating girls or whatever, 16, 17. So like, I wasn't, I, I didn't experience the, that sort of Macaulay Culkin syndrome where you're nine or how old, however old he was. And I also right. am a character actor. So I, I never had like Mike Vitar who played Benny. He was in teen bop or whatever the heck that magazine was called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tiger beat. Maybe I, d- I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. One of those things. Oh, right, right, right. Tiger beat. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he he was the the heartthrob. Macaulay Culkin had that sort of crazy launch to massive stardom, and you know, I mine has been sort of a slow burn, and is it's just it's it's different because I I actually didn't experience, I think what you might think I did. I guess to say it uh-huh. unclearly, I, you know, I, I just, I, I kept going. I kept doing my roles in different movies and, you know, I ha- I do, I have a lot of credits and uh, been lucky enough to work a lot. So I was able to work. Yeah. Obviously Sandlot is something completely different than anything I've done and has meant so much to people. Sandlot has meant, more to people than most movies mean to people like you know what i mean it's not obviously it's the number one credit on my list but i i think there there are very successful actors that have a whole career and they don't experience something like the sandlot Mm. which is generation passing on to generations i mean the director has had people come up to him three generations crying and hugging him and they you know, it's mm. just like they're like, you have no idea what this means to us. And then you're just going like you're you're beside yourself because it it is that's mm. a little shocking. If you hear it, you forget. So I don't I don't know that anyone can prepare for a movie like that. And, you know, but it also I guess it a, a movie has so many people that are part of the success of it. And especially a movie like Sandlot. The director wrote it, directed it, and narrated it. So, like, mm-hmm. if anyone could get that, you know, beyond that pedestal or the mountaintop, it's him. And it, it, so it's not, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I had a nice part in it, and was I, I like to think, and part of the success of it. But it, it was really made by David Mickey Evans and his team, and they did something really special. So I think, but don't, but, but. I think the thing that's so surprising here, and you say that is, I mean, in my opinion, um, I think you may be the most iconic character. And while the characters are, uh, it, what's you know, every great film, this is the truth. Everybody stands so well on their own. I mean, each character is so great. Yeah. But I, I mean, think I was just you, you had so many. I, I truly was just fishing for compliments. <laughs> well, uh-huh. let me. Well, here's me biting. Here's me biting on the bait. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I really mean this. Like, but you know, y- your lines are the ones that tend to be so remembered, and you have such a um, recognizable face. Like, I think that is the yeah. thing that's so interesting about when you think about child actors is so many of them grow up, and you and you sort of go, oh. you know, if you're out in L.A. Oh, eating yeah, someone, you look over, and you're like, yeah. God, that guy looks just like. 
Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you still look so, you look so similar to how you did. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. <laughs> no, it, it's true. You I haven't aged. I can't grow a beard. It's a blessing and a curse, you know? <laughs> I can't either. Actually, As I was saying, that, I was like, where am I going with this? No, no, <laughs> yeah. I get it. But you know I, what I mean? You have such I, a recognizable look. Well, when people think of that movie, they think of, you're killing me, Smalls. I mean, that's, that's, the, the, that's, the, that's the line. That's the moment yeah. of the movie. But it, that's what I, that's the point too, is like, <clears throat> people always say, hey, what was your favorite part of a movie you did? And I, I, I never really, it's hard for me to answer because it's never going to be something that was on the screen that everyone else's favorite right. mm. part is. It's always going to be yeah. an experience I had behind the scenes. Um, like, for instance, what's my favorite part of the Sandlot? Memory-wise is all of us guys at our apartment, not apartment, we, had the, we all stayed in this giant condominium complex, and it had this underwater and it had this exterior and interior pool that you would swim under the building to get to how that's legal. I don't know, but this was the <laughs> early nineties. Awesome. But like we had that, that's an amazing memory for me, you know, mm, like, yeah. uh, where did y'all shoot it? We shot it in uh, Salt Lake city, Utah. So, so oh, like wow. th those are the things. I remember. And then when you say, you know, and I appreciate it to have some of the most memorable lines in the movie, but it also, it's funny because there was a lot of improving done in that movie, but it was oh, wow. uh, a different kind of improving. It was so like that scene where I'm talking trash behind the batter, uh, behind all the batters. That was one take, and it was a continuous take, and he just rolled film. And he had a bullhorn, the director, in the dugout, and he would just yell insults at me and then tell me to say them. So it was like this improv of, of his. He was improving yeah. through me. And then I mm -hmm. would kind of giggle and be like, really, you want me to say that? And be like, we're rolling, and say it. Ooh, sorry, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> you could do that. Uh, but so like we had this great, it, it was his improv. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It was mine too, because then I would sort of change it. Like it wasn't, I don't want to put everything on him, but we he was an amazing director and is that we had this great relationship. And he brought out the sort of genius in all the kids that already had these characters within us and you know last question with that when when it came out and it and it's this massive success did you have any thought to i know you said like you didn't feel like you're a child i mean you feel like right. by that time you know you're pushing 15 you're starting to drive all that kind of stuff but did you have any sense of like like the plight of the of the child actor sort of thing like that's uh, that's a that's the stats on that are tricky did you have any thought of of that at the time well i no, because again, when that movie, when Sandlot came out, it was not a massive success. It was really? a was moderate, it, not? It, it was a moderate success. Sandlot came out and made about forty mm. million dollars in the theater, um, which I think wow. equates to maybe eighty million now. So it okay. it wasn't, and it had n probably no international success. This is the U.S., and that's what I mean. Like, yes. I was recognized when when the, the when the trailer was on the TV. I was getting recognized. I remember the first time I got recognized at the library. The movie hadn't even come out yet. So when that started to happen, mm. on oh wow, this is going to be crazy! Like, and obviously, yeah. I even then I'm, I'm a unique looking person, um, and so I, I definitely got recognized more than any of the other guys. I also had mm -hmm. that loud character, but it 
it it was a, it was a total hit, but it was again it wasn't Home Alone. Home Alone, what did that make? A couple hundred million? Like it was yeah, yeah, that yeah. was yeah. exploding Monster. on the scene. It was a slow burn over thirty years, wow. and now it's mm-hmm. turned into something crazy. So. It's always so crazy when you hear about movies that become so iconic, right? That that you just assume, like you remember it being like yep. a smash hit. Yeah. So yeah. we didn't have like we weren't on the Today Show. We weren't, you know. We that is fascinating. It is, and I I bet you if it was this massive success, it, we probably would have been nominated for a SAG award as best ensemble. But because it, and not to say. I mean, success does help these nominations. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously, White Lotus is an incredible show, and then it gets nominated because everyone loves it. Sandlot people liked, but it wasn't the you know it wasn't this huge, huge, huge hit. So had had it been that, it would be a different story. But I we didn't experience all these you know uh, this craziness. And then I was off onto another movie. Sandlot came out April 93. I was, I had already filmed Son-in-Law, was just coming off Son-in-Law, and then went and did an independent right after that. So, like, Mm -hmm. I filmed Sandlot in 92 of summer, and then I think I filmed Son-in-Law in, in like, December or January 92, 93, then did some press for Sandlot. Sandlot came out, and then again, I was off onto another movie, and a year later did the, was on the big green. So, like, I, I didn't, uh, I was just working, you know, but not yeah. not in this, um, it was a different time. It was a, it was a different time. It was also a time where TV yeah. shows reigned, you know, like, when you would get on, it was the time of Seinfeld and Friends and huge TV shows and big paychecks and all that, you know, movies weren't necessarily as cool, so it I mean, that's not true. Movies have always been cool, but you know what I'm saying. The these it it was a it was a big television age um, to not be on a, not be the lead of a sitcom, but instead be just doing movies and you know independence and big movies and you know so it was a different experience. One thing I'm always curious about with with uh, like John said, success at the age you had it. You know, let's say that one of your boys comes to you and is like, Dad, I really want to do the acting thing. Like, I've got the bug. And they may be doing this. But, like, has it um, affected how you think about that? Like, would you kind of be like, you know, no, that's it's a it's a headache and it's weird and it's going to mess your brain up. Don't do it. Or is it like, man, it was great. It, You know what I mean? Like, do you, do you if they came to you, what is your wisdom around that space? Yeah, what's your what's it? your like initial reaction to that? Hell no. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, <laughs> I think, well, my kids are a little young. Um, my oldest is five and a half. Youngest is two and a half. So I don't, they're not quite there, but right. I think that I would do anything for them. So if they truly originated it and said, I, this is something I want. Yeah. Then of course I'd help them. And I think that that's how I started. This was something that I had always wanted. Wow. Um, and it just worked out. I I think I would want them to wait until they were at least the age that I started because yeah. I wouldn't want to start them younger. It's just too wow. young. It's like, because yeah. again, so I, I did Sandlot, Son-in-Law, Big Green. Those are the, th- and, and an independent in the middle of one of those. 
those were the three movies, the four movies that I had a guardian on. After that, I was 16 and I had a, I got my diploma. And back then at 16 in a diploma, you could go on set with an 18 year old. So then I would, I had the older brother of my best friend just travel around with me. Like I did a movie in Romania and it was just him and I, and he wow. blew all of his money in the casino because he probably shouldn't have been my guardian at 19 right. years. But, <laughs> so, you know, and you're 16 at the time. Yeah. Maybe I was 17. Like I, you know, but again, this is the nineties. Like right, yeah. this is the Sandlot. This is why people love the Sandlot because we're afraid to not triple lock our doors now. Back then it was like, just come home before it's too dark. Like you can drive right, home right. and then just, you know, don't go by yeah. that weird house. Love you. You know, right. like <laughs> that's how the nineties was, you know? Right. Just the, so, the one house you got to avoid. Yeah. yeah. Stay away from that guy. He's weird. Uh, but so the, the, my experience was, I did not, I did not have an experience of step or set parents, set teachers. Uh, I, I had it for a few years and then I was filming movies. I, I was traveling to Canada. I did X-Files by myself. Like you mentioned mm. that credit, I was 18 years old. I, that episode took uh, four to five weeks to shoot because what? that opening scene where David Duchovny stabs me was they flew me out like two episodes early to do that scene and then they just kept me there. So I like met a girl. It was my first love. I was just hanging in Vancouver, you know, like by myself, just, you know, wow. being, being a young actor. Um, mm -hmm. so I, the, the, my experiences are, uh, I guess, just a little different. I don't, I, I wasn't on sets um, for very long as that kind of kid actor, you know, I was yeah. more of yeah. a teen actor. That's wow, that's fascinating. I mean, who hasn't yeah. fallen in love on the set of X Files, though? Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Just a tale as old as time. We've been there. I tried to take Jillian Anderson out, but she was like, "That's weird." <laughs> Mind your own business, punk. And then, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> could stretch that far that's amazing i can't that's actually a friend of mine <laughs> oh, yeah wow wow do you speaking of your friends do uh -huh. you ever bring your kids to the grocery store oh dave that's like the rookiest of rookie mistakes oh. no in fact you shouldn't even bring yourself to the grocery store oh it's Thrive Market all the way, Dave. That was a trick question, and that is also the uh. right answer, John. Thrive Market is our go-to for all our grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of ordering everything on their website or app and getting everything delivered to your doorstep quickly is a huge stress reliever. Huge stress reliever. And the products are amazing. Mm -hmm. Plus, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks and trust that you're getting high-quality products mm. so that you can shop worry-free. Yes. I don't like to shop worried. You know what <laughs> I mean? Ah, worry shopping is the worst. <laughs> you just place an order for some gluten-free items, like using the gluten-free filter. Ooh. Boom. It just gives you all the gluten-free stuff. Wow. I got FitJoy grain-free pretzels. Yeah. P.I.P. corn white cheddar cheese balls. Guys, for those of us in the loop, it's called pipcorn. No, no, no. I call it... P.I.P. It's, a, again, a Midwestern okay. regional thing. <laughs> totally. 
And I got some Lotus ramen noodles. You are off. You're just off. You're, I'm off to the races, You are Dave. crazy, John. <laughs> Not only do I save time shopping as a Thrive Market member, I also save money on every single grocery order, over 30% each time on average. That's crazy. They even have a price match guarantee and a deals page that changes weekly. That's right, Dave. In fact, on my last order, not to be you know competitive about it, but my last order of gluten-free items, the cost was $46. I saved 11 bucks. <sighs> Save ten last time. Plus, when you join Thrive Market, and you can enjoy it and join it, John. I was trying to make both those. It's words not work. an either or. It's, you can, guys. It's choose your own adventure, okay? And when you join and enjoy Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com/dadville for thirty percent off your first order plus free sixty dollar gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville thrive market.com slash dadville and join today well good day to you it's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film Unsung Hero is in theaters now it's Luke here we've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime it's a powerful true story about a family uniting growing in their faith and facing the impossible together in theaters now unsunghero.movie for more information rated PG parental guidance suggested Okay, so uh, speaking of being a dad, you're a dad now. Yes. And how old are your kids? You have two boys? Five and a half, two and a half. Yeah. Five and a half, two and a half. So you guys are still in the thick of it. So what was becoming a dad like for you? Like, did you, did you, you, you and your wife, Jasmine, had you been together for a while? Did you yeah. always want to be a dad? Yeah, both. My Jazz and I, we were to, we, we got married in 2006. Uh, we we started dating in November 2005 and then got married October 2006. So like we it was very we got married very fast. But we had yeah. I've been friends with her since high school. So I've known her and we've ran in the same circles. Like um, she was the maid of honor and I was the best man in two close friends of ours wedding. So we were we were always around. So like when we started dating, we knew like okay, well we've been friends for a decade. So we got married fast. And then, you know, we just... Have you already started working on that script? The best man, maid of honor, that whole thing? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on okay. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. We're available if you, if you need it. Oh, great. Perfect. Yes, I'd, I'd love that. Uh, and For you either need, role. Yeah, no, no, it's perfect. You do. It's, this is going to work out great. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we, we were... Yeah, we were married for about a decade and then decided to have kids. We just, you know, we mm. wanted to travel, we wanted to do things together. We, you know, had some, some, pro, uh, some projects that we worked on over the years together. And then in our mid, er, her early thirties, my mid thirties, we just were like, okay, let's have kids. Um, I'm an only child. Mm. So that I vowed that I would never have just one. Um, really? Yeah. What, why is that? Just because, I you know, I I have a big family. I have a lot of cousins and uncles, and I just love that aspect of my family. And, you know, I, I had a great upbringing, but I would, you know, I see people with siblings, and um, especially in your older years, I think, you know, a very close friend of mine, she has three boys. She's one of those people that ditched for Austin. 
Uh, and she was an, she's an actress, actually. So hold on a sec. This is all coming through to me. I got to call it this. Anyway, she has three boys, great big family. And she has a, her brother and her are very close. And, like, if she gets – that's weird. She just texted me. I kid you not. It's that's all happening. It's wow. all uh, I heard that ding. That was her text. Patch her in. Patch her anyway, in. Yeah, I will. I should. Uh, so her, her and her sister-in-law are very close. And, you know, like, if you get sick, the whole family gets sick. And then if the husband and wife are sick, you're toast. Like, another yeah. couple friend of mine both had the flu over the holidays at the same time. And they have two young kids. And I'm like, how are you alive? What did you do? Anyway, yeah. her sister-in-law yeah. lives an hour flight away and she'll fly in and take care of the family. And she does the same for them. And they're just like, there's, there's no one that close as a sibling. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. so that's what I really wanted for them, especially they, they have, you know, people they can play with now. And then in their older years, when they have kids, they'll have each other to you know lean on which i think is is you want to have a third or or you you feel like y'all are done with two we would love to but i think we're just you know that's a lot come on outnumbered i don't know Uh, i have i I have two kids dave has three and i think i think two is the perfect three is insane dave you have three yeah 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 i mean i i I would love to uh, you know i'm I'm not as, you know, I'm getting up there in the age. So we're not, we're not in our thirties anymore. So I don't, I don't know that I would want to have a kid too much later, but we'll see, you know, what is it like? I mean, what is it like having kids in LA that are, when you're in the, you know, film and TV industry, is it, is that tricky at all? Is that, do you feel like it's fun? Yeah. uh, Bad, good. Having kids in LA is very expensive. LA is mm. extraordinarily overpriced. Uh, but then as far as like the, the industry side of things, I don't, you know, the, it's kind of funny because my older son, Flynn, like, you know, I'll, I'll get stopped and do photos and he's with me. Um, and he's so funny. Cause I, I, when that happens, I'm like, no, no, I don't, I don't want you to be in this photo, bud. So he'll like go off to the side, but now he just, like hides behind my leg when I do it. And then he leans up and goes, dad, I'm not going to be in this photo. Don't worry. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty cute. Like he doesn't really understand why he shouldn't be in it, but you know, I, I, I get a little protective of them yeah. on that stuff. Like I don't for sure. Yeah. But again, I put them in my mm-hmm. own stuff, like on my own mm-hmm. social media. I, I'm not the kind of person that's like, hide my kids from social media, but I don't want someone else to have photos of them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, yeah. You know well, I mean? I, like, I, yeah. I, that was something I wanted to ask you about because I've, I have had my kids in like social media posts and things like that. And Dave, I, you have, I feel like you have for years, you did not do that. And just recently you've started to, you know, post some pictures of them online. So I was curious, it, it was that like a conscious thought with you and jasmine like okay we're gonna let's put them in this video or were you hesitant about it it. we talked about it early on and we were like where do we stand on this like this is such a hot issue uh and then i was like i don't care uh so i don't i think (laughs) we just kind of went whatever we don't mind we but we want to have the control of what we can post about our kids because it's like 
if I take a photo right. with my wife and she doesn't like the way she looks, she'll kill me if I put it out. Um, and who am I kidding? Yeah. The other way around, too. If she puts something on I don't like, unflattering, oh, my God. Oh my uh, she will not hear the end of it. So I think with – I just want to make sure my kids look good when they're on – you know, if they're going to be seen by a lot of people, that's all. Yeah. What outfit are they wearing? All that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. They better, you know, they look stylish. So in the presentation with, we all know the X-Men, but do we know the text men? And it'd be a bunch of superheroes that have phones where they can super speed text and save the world because they get the information out faster than anyone else. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Why, but why at your daughter's class though? Because they they were paying they weren't paying okay they weren't paying attention but that's the demo we're going for right 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 so okay yeah. that checks out yeah yeah anyway hey Dave I can't tell you how much I'm loving this episode yeah. are you liking it oh my gosh I've had I I've, I don't know if I've ever had this much fun yeah I mean I watched The Sandlot countless times growing yeah. up same here but I always wonder what would happen if him being it took the proper amount of violence right mm. I mean mm. who doesn't watch that without thinking I know it well I was just thinking the same thing but here's a question for you Dave what okay. do you do when you find out that the vitamins you're giving your kids are just full of sugar and unhealthy chemicals well that's exactly where today's sponsor Haya Health comes in John uh, Haya is the pediatrician approved super powered chewable vitamin that gives your kids the full body nourishment they need without any of the junk that's right as a dad that just gives me peace of mind knowing that my kids won't be bouncing off the wall yeah. when they go to school right and when we got our shipment the kids loved the fun decorations that you can do on the can that they came in you they make them their own oh, i know, you know i know as i always say john what do i always say you art always say art is food, is food for, for the soul. soul haya is formulated with the help of nutritional experts haya is packed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies plus 15 essential vitamins and minerals like vitamin d b12 c zinc folate and many others to support immunity Energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Now, I don't see homework and house chores on that on that list. Yeah. Were they not on there? Okay. Anyway, do you want to know the best part, though, guys? Yes. Haya is non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. Perfect for kids of all ages. So why wait, John? Don't wait. Don't wait. Give yeah. your kids the nourishment they need without any of the hassle. Get Haya the superpowered chewable vitamin sent straight to your door. Now, we have worked out a special deal with Haya yep. for their best-selling children's vitamin. You can receive 50% off. That's 5-0% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Dadville. This deal is not available on their regular website. So go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash dadville and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults well i was just going to say one of the existential dilemmas i think of being a parent in the social media age is that and this scares me to death and it's why i've I've kept for the most part my kids off of my social media feed is because they haven't they're not old enough to know how they feel about that yet and i have this real fear that when they're 18 they sit down and go like hey dad like yeah, like, hey, yeah. That, I didn't really, I, I wish you hadn't done that because now what well, I know about it, I wish people, you know what I mean? It's that tricky thing where I'm like, Oof, I just don't know. I don't want to speak for them quite yet when they may come happens, to me when, you, you know. Up your arms, you knock over the, the plate of food on the table and go, oh, really? You wish I didn't feed you for 18 years too? You wish I didn't put you through college? You wish you weren't at NYU right now? And then you just storm <laughs> out. Exactly. Kind of like, 
that, I say yeah. that exactly exact response yeah. to everything. Oddly enough, line by line. <laughs> so do I. I do it right now. The, it doesn't really go over. They don't really understand. Oh yeah, it, it never. They'll works, get it but, one day. Yeah, yeah, It'll exactly. sink in one day <laughs> when it lands. No, it's going to be huge. I hope that I hope they don't want to kill me because of some of the things I've done, like shown. But usually they're the funny ones on the on the thing, so I don't think they're yeah. mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. So as a dad, what are the things that you, A, what are the things that you feel like you're really good at and that make you feel like at the end of, a, end of any given day, like what are the things that make you feel like today was a good day? I was a good dad today. And then on the flip side of that, what are the things as a dad that you worry about, lie in bed at night thinking about? Ugh, everything. I worry about everything. It's the worst. Um, <laughs> but... You know, like, I think like one out of 10 situations, we'll call them situations where everyone's going crazy in the house. I would say like one out of 10 yeah. times I sit Flynn down and I'm just super like smart guy. And I'm like, listen, buddy, you can't do things like this. And here's why. Here's a little education for you. And then he's like, thanks, dad. And it's just fully that moment, you know, and I, I walk away from that and I go, I'm a good dad. And I truly do that one out of 10 times. The other nine times I'm like screaming with them. Uh, I'm slamming doors with them. I mean, I'm Italian and Irish from the East coast. So forget about it. I wonder oh, why they you know, oh, forget about that. it. Yeah. I have one out of 10. That's, that's pretty good. Those are the moments. Those are the most, I mean, it's funny. I've, I've even like listened to audiobooks, you know, on how, on good parenting. Cause it's, it's hard oh, yeah. when someone, uh, and I don't know if you guys have boys or girls, but generally I've, I've seen the young ladies that are their age in the world and they seem not to like put them in a box, but they seem more polite and like better humans all around. But when two dudes mm -hmm. get together, I mean, they are jumping off couches, bonking in, heads into each other. I mean, they literally smacked heads the other day. And then I have two kids hurt crying with bumps on their foreheads and you're like, yeah. I, there's nothing that trains you for this moment. Nothing. There's yeah. Yeah. nothing that there being a father is hands down the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and hands down the most rewarding and thing that I'm the most proud of mm. is that, you know, these just raising and watching these two and, and, and raising them to do better than I did. Like, so that, are you ready for that sort of stereotypical moment when, you know, if, if they start doing sports, like, uh, <laughs> I can't, imagine, this needs to be a skit, but like where you show up at the base and you're just like, you're sitting in the car, just like, here we go. This is, it's going to happen. I'm going to walk on this field. People are going to recognize me and it's just going to begin the mayhem of like, oh my God, it's the <laughs> sandlot. Well, I had a baseball field with his kid, you know? Yeah. I, you know, the funny thing is I, I coach my Flynn's T-ball league. So I oh. decided to coach it because I wanted to just lean into it. And it actually, <laughs> it, it's worked a lot because yes, that first day, the, the rest of the team is a little, you know, the rest of the team parents are like, Oh, you know, it, it's cool. Even five, six year olds are watching it now. Like I said, it's yeah. like past yeah. for all these generations. Um, so I, I, that day one is a little crazy and then you get it out of the way and then it's not crazy at all. Then it's yeah. crazy with the other team, but I'm kicking dirt at the other team going, you know, we're, we're getting into it anyway. So it you works got, really well. he's still in the, the dugout with thing, the bullhorn yelling yeah. at you, the lines, <laughs> the other great thing about, um, 
being an actor in LA is there's always a bigger star right around the corner. So <laughs> at my right, team, right. League, Clayton Kershaw also was a dad. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Yeah. <laughs> He's got twice the so, pressure you do out there on the baseball. Oh yeah. And I played him one game and like, they have to like seat them in a special area inside so that, no, you know, so that's, it's nothing. That yeah. is hysterical. I mean, that but then is so I, great. I've met I've met him. So then we give each other a handshake and we're like, yeah, <laughs> they're pro athletes. I can get each other. We get each other. <laughs> that is amazing. That is so He's great. actually the, probably one of the nicest sports players I've ever met. He's so cool. Oh, that's so great. Oh, I've, I've so only great. met him twice now, but he's he's really Gosh. cool. Tell us about the Hambino Foundation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so I, you know, in the past – I think Urban Outfitters started it with this shirt with me pointing on it. And it's sort uh-huh. of become something that I've seen plenty of around. And, yeah. you know, I've always thought like, oh, that'd be cool to like just do it myself as opposed to, hmm. you know, all, a number of other people doing it. Uh, a, a close friend of mine has her own company, The Mighty Company. It's a, a, a pretty successful jacket company. And so... I was sitting with her and my wife one day and was like, you know, I'd love to do this myself, but I don't want to just do like a merch line because it's cool, but it will just, you know, after a year, it's okay. It's already kind of seen its run. I want to make like a really, uh, a nice uh, clothing line, an athleisure line that people really want to wear. So we kind of teamed up uh, and we, we all, we put this together and she designed it and, um, we created, you know, Hambino Athletics, and it, it's it's really, you know, it's all made in LA, so it's made in the USA, LA. Oh, that's it's cool. all hand, yeah, like hand handmade um, clothing, you know, done in in factories that pay ethical wages and things like that. So that was really important, um, and it's very like it's stuff that I would wear, like the hoodies and the sweats, mm-hmm. actually. I don't wear them out because it says Hambino on it. That's a little much, but I do wear right. it around the house because it's it's truly my favorite hoodie and pair of sweats. I'm not like that's how we design them. Uh, the shirts are amazing. Um, we've made this cool jersey, uh, so we we've got this great line and and it's going great. We started it in uh, the beginning of November and we're basically sold out of our first run. Uh, and we're oh, gonna, wow. we, yeah, it takes a little while to make, so we're a little behind. Like we weren't kind of expecting that. So, but hmm. we're, uh, yeah, we're gonna be making the 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 new stuffs in production now. Uh, we also didn't make enough big sizes. Like there were some dudes that were like, "Where's the triple X?" And I'm thinking they're gonna find me and pounce me. So we're <laughs> we're doing triple X now. Uh, we're we're going all the way. Um, but then along with that, you know. Obviously, I wanted to do something that made it more worthwhile that, you know, it wasn't just about, you know, profiting or, or you know, or just that. And and I was like, wow, we could do a certain amount of the proceeds that go to something. But then I then there's no control on my end or the company's end to like, what are you doing with those funds? You know, like where you yeah. just give it to someone and not that. Hey, give it to the Red Cross. It's great. I'm sure they need it and they do great things with it. But I kind of wanted to be more involved in that part of it too. Like Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. speaking of him, 
I, I've heard stories that on the off season he goes to Africa and builds literally built schools with his wife. Um, I think wow. that was before they, they have a number of kids now, but um, anyway, like they, you get your hands dirty and you're part of the actual movement. Yeah. So yeah. along with Hambino athletics, we opened Hambino foundation. And uh, so not only will a portion of proceeds go from Hambino athletics to Hambino foundation, but we will decide where the funds go and we're going to start, you know, doing fundraising for it and I'll, you know, host them. And I want to like travel around and go to different cities and raise a bunch of money. And then the idea is to, you know, give that money, like actually buy sporting equipment or even build fields in underserved communities for kids that don't actually have a baseball field, like kids that actually play on sand lots because they don't have a real field, build them a real field, you know? Nobody yeah, wants to build an actual sandlot because that's just like rock and dirt and right. scraped knees. So we'll we'll go turn actual sandlots into real ball ballparks. That's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So HambinoFoundation.org, is that how people um you know find it? the, it's hambinoathletics.com right now. And then there's a there's okay. a splash page for Hambino Foundation. Uh, like I said, we kind of everything just started in November, so we we opened the foundation. Yeah. We're you know doing all that stuff. Like it's all just kind of happening right now, between everything else. That's so great. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you for your time. We have a, we always ask a couple of last questions before we send you back into the chaos of uh, I love two it. boys, <laughs> the Tasmanian Tasmanian Devils. Okay, so first question: What's the one thing you want your boys to know? Oh, so you do this just to make the the guest cry on the way out? Hey, yeah. listen, you're the actor. Take it where you want. Take yeah, yeah you okay. Want. Uh, go where you I, need to go. I, I will. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, I think I just. <laughs> I think the 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 number one thing I would want them to know, a, is that to never question, you know, mine and my wife's love for them. Like to know that no matter what they do or you know what what we're what we're dealing with that we love them unconditionally and to pass that on to their kids and then i i think the most important thing is to be kind to others um mm -hmm. which is hard to do but i you know that that's what this world definitely needs a lot more of especially now and so that's what we try and raise them to do uh is mm. just kind in life and and you know obviously they're young right now but uh eventually to have that concept that you don't know what someone's going through that is putting them in that mood that they're giving to you and to assume mm -hmm. anything about another person is the worst thing you can do and just take a minute and go hey maybe they had a real bad morning so mm. relax and be kind you know yeah it's hard to do though it's right. It's funny that how hard it is to do, but it is the most important thing. That's great. You know, uh, uh, we've got one last question, but a lot of our guests will answer some version of just unconditional love that they yeah. want their kids to know. But I don't know that any anyone in our hundred some episodes has, has articulated that they want that to then be passed on to their oh, kids. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Okay, last question. I nailed it, Dave. I nailed it. 
Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. We haven't seen any tears yet, but we got one more question. I'm taking deep breaths in between every sentence so that I don't start rubbering. I listen. We I appreciate know, that. Yeah, I know how to continue. You know this. the gate. You know the gate. Yeah. What do you want your kids to say at your funeral? Oh God. Um. You know my. Jesus, that's terrible. Um. And great. All that. <laughs> um. My my mom always says. Uh, you know, when she goes, she doesn't want like just this, she just wants everyone to get drunk and celebrate her, you know? Mm-hmm. And it like, she, she's the Irish side. So, um, but I, I always kind of love when she says that, like, cause I know what she means. She doesn't want it to just be this sad affair where, you know, it's you know people are going and and getting together because of her and not having a great time. So I think I think mm. uh, that that's the the most that I could hope for is that when when that day comes for them, that you know they um, that they make it a celebration and mm. you know uh, that it's. Uh, you you tell the fun stories and the great things and remember all those important things and then and then get it over with like move on go you know go go do something else because you know lingering on that stuff i think is is rough and you know you can you can do a little and you know talk about how friggin' amazing i am and then you know get the hell out of there you know then off off to disneyland i don't know like that Got the ashes. Got to Disneyland. Disneyland. The the old classic post funeral Disneyland visit. I mean, who yeah, doesn't? Post another... Well, man, thank you so much for for your time. This has been great. Yeah, that was fun. That that was really cool. Thanks, guys. See you in Nashville. And we'll see you moving in Nashville soon, right? <laughs> well, I like I I don't know if I clearly said it, but if I'm leaving LA, it's definitely not for Texas or Florida. It would be for like a Nashville. So. <laughs> There we go. Okay, there we go. There's just... only like 47 other states that we're competing with. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, and Puerto but, Rico. No, there's not. I'm definitely not moving like to Montana. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to all the Montana all listeners, but that's a lot of snow. Okay. We're going to get email. most of our demo. Yeah, you, you are. Uh, let's end this before it gets really bad. I'm definitely not going to Idaho. Thanks, guys. Dead fish.